Everybody, welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, what up? two sports quote-unquote professionals giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. As always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, our intro-outro music, go check them out. YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream your music, anywhere you stream our podcasts like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you'll find our boys, JD Masters and Buddha. Friends of the program, friends of ours, JD's got some new music out as well, so definitely be sure to go check out his Instagram at JD Masters, his YouTube page especially. He's been churning out some new stuff. Ev, happy Monday. Oh, it's going to be one of those kind of series. Game 7 looking pretty inevitable. The refs surely wanted to make it look like they were trying to do everything in their power to force a Game 7. But I've said it once and I'll say it again. Yesterday was a little bit of a blowout. But for the first two quarters of that game heading into halftime, this series was kind of everything that we're all hoping to get as kind of neutral basketball fans. Uh, I hope it gets a little closer in Boston, but Golden State ties it back up at one apiece, and we do, do go to Boston for Game 3. Ev, what were your kind of instant thoughts, reactions about last night's game? Well, you know, Don, like you said, like in the first half, I mean, this was a extremely evenly matched game. I think it was like two points at halftime, and then mm-hmm. – um, I mean, it's it's kind of similar to what the Celtics did in the fourth quarter of uh, Game 1, but, you know, Golden State just exploded in the third quarter. I mean, they came out and could not miss. Um, and, you know, it, it didn't help that the Celtics seemed to just have their worst patch of the entire game uh, during that same period. And, you know, I think it was like a, a you know, it, yeah, it says a 21-point swing in that quarter. Yeah, I mean, that'll, that'll do it. Um, and uh, so, you know, I mean, what we're kind of seeing is that both of these teams, it's kind of like a boxing match, you know? I mean, boxing typically doesn't end, you know, there's a lot of times where it's, you know, both guys are standing up and, you know, you have to give a decision or whatever, but, you know, a lot of times there's somebody on the ground and, uh, you know, that's that's kind of what's happening here is uh, is that, you know, these guys, these teams are able to explode and in, in, are able to take over, you know, entire moments or periods of a game and, and Golden State did that in the second half uh, or at least in the third quarter last night. I mean, the story of the game, though, Dom, I mean, we kind of talked about it beforehand is, I mean, it's, it's Draymond. I mean, you know, stat line wise, he's never, you know, it's 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 an amazingly Draymond stat line uh, <laughs> for, for saying that he was the most important player in that game. But, I mean, just an absolute menace, man. I mean, he is he is the the definition of the guy you want on your team and the guy you hate the most on the other team. Yeah, no, there's no question. I mean, it's funny because this is, like we said, this is what we were talking about before the show. But you're right, though. Like, you look at his stat sheet. If you told me that, like, you know, you you hit his name, covered it, you're like, Dom, this player, most important of the game, scored nine points, I would say you're wrong. 
Like that's and I mean, and you know, five and five rebounds. I mean, seven assists is pretty solid. That was the most on the Warriors, but I mean, it wasn't an insane stat line. No, but I mean, this guy. So he chips in thirty-five minutes, and all thirty-five of those minutes were valuable because he is literally like. In, in hockey, it, there's an enforcer. I think Draymond Green is pretty much like the enforcer of like the NBA, and especially for the Golden State Warriors, but not in the way that a hockey player does it where he's just going up and the minute you touch your star, like someone someone follows Steph Curry hard, Draymond Green isn't necessarily going to throw a punch right away, but he's just going to annoy you. He's going to be a pest, and that's I saw him, John, with Marcus Smart all night, Jalen Brown, he was in Jason Tatum's ear. Tatum recorded what? His... I think his lowest uh, uh, plus-minus margin in his NBA playoff career or NBA career is one of those two. Negative 36. And, and Tatum still dropped 28 points in 34 minutes, right? Like, Steph Curry, who by far had, like, the, you know, it was kind of the big key factor along with Jordan Poole and pushing it away for Golden State in the second half, only scored one point more than Jason Tatum did. But that's just a, a credit to... You know, Draymond just being that pest and, and Golden State's defense getting it done enough to, to limit Boston to 88 points. Yeah, another uh, notable thing here is that, you know, we talked about how crazy Al Horford went in game one. Uh, they, they The Warriors came in with a, with a very distinct plan uh, to basically just dominate uh, the front court in this game. Uh, Horford didn't take a first half shot from the field. Um, took four total shots in the second half, one for four, uh, eight rebounds. But, I mean, that's not insane. No, not you know, in the we, slightest. Yeah, we said last week, we were like, well, or we said earlier, you know, the last episode, Draymond and, you know, and Looney kind of need to figure it out. You know, I mean, they are not necessarily known for being like the greatest front court, you know, whatever, ever. But, but I mean, they, uh, they absolutely responded to the challenge uh, on this one. And I mean, you know, the, the, the Celtics, no matter who they had out there, whether it was Theus or Horford, I mean, nobody could really uh, do a lot of damage down low. So uh, that's a big deal. And yeah, you know, I mean, you make 40% of your threes, you know, that's that's a pretty, pretty good margin as well. Curry going 5 for 12. Jordan Poole off the bench, 5 for 9. That helps a lot considering that he didn't exactly have a huge game. Uh, and then Gary Payton was back, and Gary Payton had like a, you know, kind of a, not a dream on S performance, but, you know, a off-ball performance that I saw a lot of people in the Warriors community being very, very stoked about. So, yeah, I mean... If, uh, if Peyton's going to be able to play the rest of the series and play to that level, I mean, yeah, that's a huge, huge advantage uh, for the for the Warriors. Well, it goes back to what we talked about uh, after Game One was like, okay, so Boston is, or excuse me, Golden State has this experience of being in the finals that is pretty unparalleled to a lot of teams they were ever going to play against in this kind of stage, and Boston really doesn't have that that deep run. NBA Finals kind of under the lights pressure experience that Golden State has, and I, I think you know you you look at, at Gary Payton and you look at Looney and Wiggins, even Draymond, right? Like these are just guys who know what their role is. They're going to go out and execute it, and they're just going to follow the blueprint because you know, like one of my favorite things in sports and in life, honestly, is like the the old saying, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, Golden State's like, listen, we've done this before. We've been in this stage, like. 
let's not let's not shy away from any of this. And and, and you saw it. Like I mean, that was a very convincing win. I, I I think in the third quarter, I was texting my buddy, and after that third quarter, like he he was like, dude, I'm going to bed. Like it's done. I at least like at least I can go to bed early now and don't have to worry about this. And and, and that's that's just a credit to Golden State kind of leaving no doubt, putting it out the way. And to be fair, too, let's let's be real. Going down 2-0, going to Boston, nightmare fuel for Golden State. Uh, not saying it's impossible, but that definitely uh, that would have been a little little cause for concern for sure. No, no question. Um, another random stat line that I didn't realize last night when I was when when I was watching in and out of the game. Um, I was I had some other stuff going on as well, but uh, fifteen steals for the Warriors last night. Fifteen. That's a ton. Yeah, well, and then it doesn't help to, like, I think the Celtics had seven turnovers through the first quarter, uh, 18 total. Like, that's just, it's not going to get the job done, too. Like, you're not no. you're not setting yourself self up for anything successful either there, too. Um, another stat line, just throwing this out there, just from looking, and I didn't really need to look at this, but I could just tell he was quiet again. I will say, though, I'm a little concerned about Clay Thompson. Yeah, he was very, very, very cold last it's, night. It's very rare we see this go back-to-back. Back. And the thing is, he was at Oracle, right? Like, I can give him, if we're if we're in TD Ameritrade in Boston, I will give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But he's shooting in the Oracle. He's shooting yeah. at his home court. And this is the second game in a row where I have to look at a pretty not great stat line, not great stat sheet for Clay Thompson. 30 minutes, 1 of 8 from 3, 4 for 19. So let's just let's have the record be straight here. Clay Thompson listened to down and out. He listened to my advice and he put up more shots. But Clay, now you got to make them. All right. Yeah. So that's the next part of my advice. I'm going to give you Clay. Make your shots now. All all he needs is one game to turn it on. And and you know I will say though, I mean I I did see at one point that this you know he was one for ten last night you know in the first half or 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 i think maybe towards the start of the second half so i mean yeah that's rough i mean you know it's 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 not it's not what you uh you know it's not what he wants it's not what the team wants it's not what they expect um but again you know shooters shoot hot and cold streakiness you know if i'm the warriors i'm thinking okay he's he's officially due if we're going two games without clay with clay you know really being a non-factor Let's say this third and fourth game, he's going to be due to make an impact in either one of them. If the Warriors play to their level that they played tonight and they get Clay, uh, yeah, they'll probably have another 20-point victory or, or, you know, at least uh, be able to put up 115 and and then you see, you know, how well they're playing defense. Um, right. Yeah, but, I, I mean, and, and to to your credit, too, I that's the one thing about Clay. Like, I, I am concerned. Like, if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm a little concerned because it's just like, why is it taking so long? But that's the thing. Like, Clay and Steph are these two guys right where it's all of a sudden if it's not clicking like snap of a finger it can and all of a sudden we're rolling and we're and we're bruising I mean Steph I think Steph had 15 in the first half last night and then you know carried out kind of an identical performance it really kind of ramped things up in the third quarter but things kind of just sparked for him at the right time too if you're a Warriors fan if you're the Warriors that's what you got to hope that Clay does is just kind of the light spark and, and here we go again but like I said it's just it's I, I think we're just such a creature of habit and we're so used to seeing Clay not have these struggles that, like, now that we're seeing it, it's like, you know, it's it's like kind of, it's almost a little mind-boggling. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense over the career t- trajectory we've gotten to watch with Clay Thompson. Like these back-to-back performances are head scratchers, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been, you know, like we said, man, eventful. 
You know, it was it's it's lived up to billing. Uh, I know Dom that you're you're having to swallow the fact that you hate both of these teams, but you know at least they're not boring you. You know they could be they could be. Uh, yeah, not well, only... last night's got a little boring. Definitely got a little boring in the in the second half. Yeah, that's true. It, it did it, it did end an event. First half was phenomenal, and I and I have I have higher hopes. You are right too. Let me let me pose this question to you though, Ev. This is interesting. Now let's let's say and assume that Clay gets it going right. Step does this thing. The Warriors are kind of peaking at the right time. Draymond, everybody keeps playing the roles. Is is this a, a situation where Jason Tatum has to like drop like? Giannis numbers like are we talking like Jason Tatum having to average 35 plus for Boston to win a championship yeah I mean that's the that's the thing is like I don't I don't know man like I don't that's that's what's really concerning is that Mm -hmm. if the Warriors had not played their best game yet like and oh I bet boy. that you know oh boy right yeah, yeah I mean that's that's oh boy and, and you know I guess the Celtics could say that they haven't played their best game yet but I might not believe them I might believe that game one was their best game. Of course, we you know reacted initially and said, this is a statement game. We're looking at game seven, game six, or whatever. And I still think we're going to get that. But if you told me who has played, have either of these teams played their best game, I would say Warriors, no. I would say Celtics, maybe. Maybe. Because game one was a lights-out performance, at least like how, you know, how they're scoring in bunches and and all that stuff. I mean, that was that was a overwhelming, uh, you know, second half from them. I, you know, I bet they have that in the cards again. But if Al Hor- the, the the real key thing is, did the front court get figured out? Mm-hmm. Did Al Horford and Co. Like, are they are they going to be able to do what they did in Game One in uh, in Boston at all, or is it going to be more along the lines of what we saw last night? If we if it's I mean if it's the latter, then they're in deep shit. Because, yeah. I mean, that's kind of yep. the only area I would say that the Celtics ought to have an advantage. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, one, I mean, 100%. And, and, so, and, and here's the thing, too. is like, so we're throwing out a bunch of hypotheticals because obviously, like, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart both didn't have great games last night. But that's honestly because, again, we go back to the Draymond thing. Like, that's just because Draymond played in fact, impactful basketball and kind of limit, limited them to what they could do. So, of course, we could, like, say, oh, well, if Jalen and Marcus Smart figure it out, let's just figure, you know, that, that everything gets back to normal. That'd be great. All fine and dandy. But that, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. It's like if, if Buffalo or Buffalo, if Boston can figure out this uh, this front court situation. I think you bring up a good point. Then it's like okay, you know, I think we're going to be fine in the long run if you're if you are the Celtics. But if they don't though, like this is kind of the part where like I I have fears where the Warriors kind of get that little bit momentum going, and then they just kind of step on your neck and 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 go and win this in five six games like we kind of thought they would. So great thing is for Boston at the end of the day too. They are going back home and they get and they do get what uh 40 48 hours now in between games so we're back on wednesday <laughs> evan's yeah. favorite thing that we get to talk about every week is to be like well that's fine we get to wake up we get to wait a whole christmas holiday until the next game in the There's nba fall finals break in between uh yeah spring break in between games now yeah. uh we both, Tom, we, we both completed internships in between the time of game two and game three 
I do really like the idea of the Buffalo Celtics, though. If they uh, if they ever wanted to move, I mean, that would be uh, an enticing, enticing uh, idea. So, quick quick tangent. So, my the buddy I was talking to NBA with last night, we were having this discussion of uh, uh, was, side things we were talking about was you know me going to Buffalo and covering. He's like he's like, what would you do if Buffalo ever got a basketball team? And I was like, well, first off, Buffalo's not really a basketball market. It doesn't really yeah. have the eye appeal. But we were trying to figure out. Names of what a Buffalo basketball team would be like. Yeah. Is there is there anything that comes to your mind quickly? Um, the Buffalo basketballs. The, <laughs> just keep it just, like, just the like the Bills. Well, I said it's funny too because like all right, so you have the Bills and the Sabers, and my buddy said the Crusaders, and I was like, well, if the Pagulas buy the team, which I'm sure they would at this point because they just own every sports team in Buffalo. Yeah, like you could say because the the Sater, the Sabers and the Crusaders kind of rhyme and go together, but Crusaders to me kind of comes off as like a high school football basketball team, like a little D, like a a, yeah. a, a, a Christian school. Um, I thought the Buffalo Queens, because Buffalo is often referred to as the Queen City. Of, yeah, that'd be actually kind of tight. Uh, I, I I don't know what it would be, but that would be very interesting to see Buffalo get a get an NBA team and and what they would be called. But that was that was kind of the thing we were talking about last night a little bit. But uh, no, that's that just about wraps it up for me. Evis, there any last thoughts you needed to get out before we you know kind of recycle this, get ready for Game Three on Wednesday? Uh, no. I mean, really, I think we, we touched on all the key stuff. It's now just, uh, like you said, waiting time. And, and uh, game three is, hey, we, we've gotten through the first, uh, you know, first two games in Oracle. Now we, uh, and, and we got what we wanted. We got a split. So yep. now we get to, to go to the other side of the country. Um, but yeah, Dom, let's, uh, let's move on to baseball. You want to talk baseball? Yeah, let's do a little baseball. Let's, let's talk a little M. To well, the I don't to know if you actually want to talk baseball, Dom. Because things are rough. Well, n- no. So the thing is, is that the MLB is going to start implementing golf rules where, like, it's actually the highest amount of losses are going to make the playoffs. So I ah. mean, the Angels and Reds are doing fine right now. Yeah, they're you know? great. They're uh, yeah, I, I'm in a – just a, me, the Angels fan base, bro, is in such a an absolute state of shambles. I – like it's it's one thing to lose eleven straight games and like watch you go from twenty seven and seventeen to now one game under five hundred in a week and a half time, but it's another thing to watch Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies sweep you with a walk off on a Sunday in prime time. Like oh brother, these yeah. guys stink, dude. This team is just I've I've. I, I tweeted this the other day. I have seen this Angels team have over the course since 2014, since the last time they played, made the playoffs. I've seen this team's pitching, the middle relief, the starters, just go up and down. It's been bullshit. Like, I, I can... I can live with this with the bad relief pitching and Rossiel Iglesias blowing leads left and right because that's just what we do for the most overpaid closer in the MLB. But I have never, ever seen the offense perform so bad, bro. I mean, like, yeah, you put up seven runs against, you know, the Phillies on Sunday. But prior to that, not good. Not good at all. Trout is batting, uh, I think he was 4 of 21. Shohei was 3 of 19. Uh, and, and, maybe, and I think he only had... 
two or three RBIs in this stretch as well. Uh, I, didn't you say Ward's going back on the IL? I didn't even see this one. So yeah, like, hamstring. The hamstring acted up again. Yeah, so like it's just it, we are in such a bad state right now, and I've just eleven in a row. Like what the what the actual hell, dude? That. There, there's so much I wanted to say on Twitter yesterday, but I would have gotten, you know, my my next job in Buffalo would have been like, um, you're fired now. Like we you're can't fired before you're hired. We can't, we can't bring you in here. And the thing that sucks the most about it, Ev, is like, like you look at the other four teams in AL West, the Rangers, Mariners, and A's are all under 500. So it's like, oh great, we're still in a great place in second because I don't believe this is gonna last. But it. We're eight and a half back of the Astros now. Like we, this is the same bullshit that we deal with in July that we're dealing with in early June. I, it's it's an awful time. I don't know who to. Bl- I just don't know who to blame anymore. Because I'm a mad. I like Joe Mad. I could relate to you. Like I could stand in solidarity. But your Atlanta Braves have won five straight, swept the Rockies on the road, now have a winning record for the first time all season. Little bit of juice, little bit of momentum happening for uh, for the lads in Atlanta. Um, really, it's funny because, I mean, it's not like the like there's certain bats waking up or whatever, but uh, the pitching is starting to kind of get it together. So uh, that's encouraging. Dom, you know, we're in kind of two different places. Uh, you know, the the Braves are on the upswing, the Angels are on the downswing. You know, an idea I had I uh, is is. What, you know, we're coming up on the trade deadline in about a month, you know, and and there are some, you know, still some free agents out there. There There's still some whatever. But in terms of a trade or a signing, you know, what is the, if you could add one, like, impact player, like one, like, in the lineup or, you know, in the rotation or in the bullpen type player, what would you add right now to the Angels? And then I'll, I'll add somebody for the Braves. Uh, so, I mean, just with everything going on, I, I'm going to keep it in the bullpen with the Angels. I I know we're paying him a bunch of money, uh, but I'm pretty sick of uh, Rossiel Iglesias as our closer. Yeah, that's brutal that he's um, just not been that dude this year. Yeah, and he, I mean, he has he's he just has not been that guy. Period. Like I'm really? I'm done yeah. I'm done trying to like keep up and and, and be like a, a a fan of his and be supportive. I would love this. I, and this this would be a hypothetical trade, Deb, and I'm just gonna keep it fun because that's what the segment is. This this would take a lot a lot of stuff coming from the Angels. I'm assuming, but I would love to see Liam Hendricks come yeah, to come to the Angels. I would yeah. I would take Liam Hendricks in a heartbeat. And I only say that because I think the Cubs are a team who are starting to maybe be like, well, let's see what we can add offensively to kind of help jumpstart our team here. Because you already know you have a decent enough rotation. You're like, well, we need to add some 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 star power in there. I could see very well like Joe Adele, uh, even maybe Taylor Ward have going to Chicago in, in return for Liam Hendricks. I don't know what I don't know what Joe Madden and company have in store, but that's a very very hypothetical thought I have where I could be like, well, maybe I'd be okay with that. If we got right. a nice good closer, I, I would I would be okay with it. One way or another, you know, you want the Angels to be in the market for a closer, you know, as we get to the trade deadline. You want that's kind of Hendricks would be the ideal guy, but in general just a closer yeah yeah uh i got you well uh then you know to to answer for the braves i mean you know it's tough right now because 
we you know the Braves have seen the uh, the rise of of you know some some interesting names this season, but. I wildly enough after what we saw last season with the the you know the ragtag outfield you know that came together and, and won a World Series, I think they need to add to the outfield again. Um, they have recently uh, promoted Michael Harris. He's still technically one of the top prospects, but Michael Harris has come up in the last uh, nine games and has done fairly well. But Michael Harris coming up is 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 still possibly not enough. Straight up, I mean. Uh, it, it's it's been really really kind of a uh, a frustrating season for Adam Duvall. Um, he's not only been like lackluster as a hitter. I mean, batting below the Mendoza line still um, only has uh, three home runs. Um, he's also not been a good fielder. Just really, just he's not he's not the fastest guy in the world. Not that great. We know that Eddie Rosario is supposed to be able to come back at some point this season, but we're hitting a point where. It's kind of rough. I mean, they're 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 having to throw Heredia out there. They're throwing Harris out there. They're kind of mixing in a lot of different names uh, out there. I I think that's probably the one spot that I wouldn't mind adding is getting a a guy that you know can kind of hit you know a 700 to 800 OPS like nothing elite but just you know at least at the MLB average who's also like a proven fielder. Um, when I think about teams that might be you know selling, I mean interestingly enough. You know, we you were talking about the Red Sox. I mean, if the Red Sox have a bad rest of June, I could see them actually bailing. You know what I mean? Like, I could see them being like, you know what, this isn't going to be the year. Yeah. Maybe well, I mean, and, and it's, I think it's easy for the Red Sox to have that mentality because they know they're like, listen, if we can't keep on edge with the Blue Jays or somebody, or hopefully the resurrecting Angels for a wild card spot, then yeah, like, because no, Lord knows we aren't winning the AL East pennant. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean. I, you know, I, I don't see a scenario where they, you know, I, I, I'm not exactly sure the contract situation, so some of these may not be uh, very, very doable, but I actually happen to like, you know, uh, both Alex Verdugo and uh, Kike Hernandez. I mean, Kike, you know, is really just a, a slightly above average MLB player that just had the greatest period of his you know, MLB career last uh, postseason. You know, the Braves obviously, you know, got some guys that got hot late in the year last year. Kike feels like a natural kind of thing. That would be the dream scenario. But really, any MLB starting quality uh, uh, outfielder, you know, like a, a solid defensive outfielder that, that can, you know, at least hit 250, you know, that's uh, that's really all that would be required. Um Right now, I, I think really the the Braves need to be thinking, you know, just continue sticking with it. You're seven and three in your last ten. You know, after a little bit of a slow start, uh, it you know it does a, a big big highlight too was that uh, you know the past two games of the Rocky series after Acuna had just really had like a really really rough ten game stretch. Uh, he had a four for five game, and uh, hopefully that gets him hot again. Um, he actually you know, he, I, he absolutely pulverized the ball yesterday yeah, too. Yeah, the I home was, run he hit yesterday was hit at like 110 miles an hour. I mean, it was. It's funny because I thought of you too, hard. and I was like, man, like Evan Braves fans have to just literally just like be so aroused watching Ronald Acuna blast baseballs was, into oblivion it, again. It was so loud. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, a lot of times like they'll be like, oh, well, the mic, you know, it can mute or enhance the sound. That noise sounded like. Like, I don't know. It sounded uh, uh, galactic. Um, 
you know, thinking about other teams in MLB real quick before we go, like other teams that I think might be making moves like in the trade deadline, selling wise. I mean, again, watch out for the Red Sox. Watch out for the White Sox, dude. I mean, if the White Sox don't really get it together before the end of June, like let's say they, you know, they're like they go to eight to ten games below five hundred, I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I, could, I would I would also take a starter off the White Sox rotation if the if the White Sox want to dish out a, a starter too. I'm not gonna say no because here's the thing too. You know who hasn't been pitching that well as a starter for the Angels is Shohei. Yeah. And like that's just like I'm not gonna sit here and bash Shohei because I know how talented he is, but I would like I would love a little bit more, a uh, l- little bit more consistency in the starting rotation as well. Yeah, uh, you know the uh, in terms of the NL, uh, you know the Phillies are super interesting because they got rid of Girardi, which means like. Okay, so are you guys actually still trying to go for it? If they are still trying to go for it, like they will probably be in the market for a trade. Um, if not, they have you know other players besides their recent signings like Shorber and Cassianos that they can offload and then kind of go into the offseason thinking, okay, well we can we can add here. Um, and then really from there, it's like you know maybe the D-backs decide to get rid of like Cattell Marte if they don't really get it together. Um, they actually did just add uh, Cole Tucker um, from the Pirates, uh, so maybe they're actually in the market. You know, it, we're we're hitting the point where teams have to start deciding what they want to do. If they want to fire sale, if they want to add, if they want to whatever. And that truly, this is truly to me when like the baseball regular season is probably actually starts to hit like its second gear of right. like excitement. You know, is when you know you've got player movement, you've got guys racing for All Star votes and home run derby and and everything else and. You know what's nuts is, is again, like, uh, speaking of the All-Star game, and we talked about the Yankees pitching. Dude, literally, those guys, like, they might have two or three. Like, I mean, it's – they have two or three guys that can probably start. <laughs> Honest, I, I, I hate to say it, and just because I, I can say it now because the Angels – like, I just don't want to see any Angel on an All-Star team at this moment because they aren't playing like it. You might as well trot the New York Yankees against the NL All-Stars, and I bet you that'll be a goddamn great game. It would probably be close. Um, yeah. Like, dude, highest ERA in their starting rotation. da 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 3.02, Jordan Montgomery. That's insane. That's their highest ERA. I mean, that's – it's not sustainable, but it's it's very, very insane. I mean, they just – they got, like, the – you know, like, what happened with Yankees fans? And this is – it sucks that it happened for Yankees fans and not, like, for a fan base that, you know, we actually like. But, like – what happened for them is that they basically were like, well, if this goes right, and if this goes right, and if this goes right, then we're going to be pretty good. But, you know, yeah. every fan base, you know, does that, right? Where they're like, well, if we get all these things together, then it's going to be great. For them, like, Luis Severino came back and was that dude. Jamison Tyone came back, was that dude. Nestor Cortez improved. I mean, that's, I mean, if you're if you're getting, like, the dudes that were supposed to be three, four, five in your rotation to become you know, kind of like in the mix for one, two spots. I mean, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's just a burden of riches. So yeah, baseball's fun. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good times and, and, uh, and things are starting to heat up a little bit, um, or cool down and Dom in the angels case. Yeah. Um, no kidding. Sorry, well, Hey, you yeah. know what though? I will say my final note of uh, baseball before we send in the cash grab, uh, a new segment that I feel like we get to talk about every week. It's like, what, what is the devastating tragedy the Mets are going through? Uh, just an absolute bit of comedy here. Max Scherzer gets hand bit by his dog. Do you see this, Ev? Uh, it just, the epitome, I mean, we just talked last episode about, um, 
what's his uh, God? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, uh, who? slammed his, his uh, hand oh, in the... Oh, Francisco Lindor. Thank you, Lindor. Thank you. Yeah, who slammed his hand in the hotel room. And now we're talking about Max Scherzer getting his hand bit by a dog. I know he said it's a non-story, and I, I don't know how severe it is. It sounds like everything it's is not, fine. But, yeah. but it, it's, it is just comical if you're like, Mets fans literally have to be on edge. Because you know, like, the New York Post headline was... Max Scherzer ham bitten by rabies ridden dog season doomed Scherzer done for career like and then post is like we're just kidding we're just trying to get you to click our web articles he's fine he'll start <laughs> he'll start uh, in their next upcoming four game series but it's just the uh, uh, kind of a, a chef's kiss that while the Yankees continue to do well the Mets are doing well but the Mets still have to have Mets headline things go on like Max Scherzer getting his hand bit by a dog Beautiful yeah, stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's it's it continues to be a very like Metsy season from off the field, but on the field, I mean, they are yeah, they are just a tank. They just you know took a serious win from the Dodgers, which included Dave Roberts trying to put in a position player down only five runs, which is against the rules. He didn't know that. The Umps didn't know that. They initially let uh, you know a position player start uh, warming up, and then they were like, oh wait. Um, so that's funny, but yeah, I mean, uh, the Mets are a problem. New York baseball is a problem. It stinks. It stinks. It's not the the Mets is good. The Yankees is what sucks, and it and it brings everybody down. I'm not looking forward to it, but that's just because my baseball life is in shambles, folks. We're gonna send it to the cash grab when we come back. We've got a little football, a little soccer, Evan's soccer corner specifically to wrap things up here. Stick with us. Down and out returns right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out is underway. Little NFL stuff. Just a couple uh, little roster moves here to get to you guys. So, Ev, out of the Cowboys camp, you've heard that uh, Dalton Schultz did not show up for voluntary OTAs, which kind of signals in any case, not really in Dalton specifically, but in any case, it means that he's looking for a long-term big payday. And I'll tell you who's joining him, Ev, on that little campaign trail, not in Dallas, but in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, for the first time in his career, missing voluntary OTAs. So let's let's start in Dallas first, Ev, since I mentioned Dalton there and you have the inside scoop here. Uh, is is this a cause for concern for Dallas? I mean, are people starting to get concerned? Because obviously Dalton Schultz has a big impact with Dak in that offense. Um, is, this, is this more of a thing like, hey, he's he wants to be a cowboy. He just wants to make sure he, he's getting his due. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing with Dalton Schultz is that he's in an interesting spot, right? So he should have what what you could say, right, is that he so he signed the franchise tag. Uh, and 
you know, a lot of people were like, well, should he really be doing that? Like, should he instead be like, well, if you want to, if you know, I want to get paid. So, you know, if, uh, if you want me to play for you, you know, you can offer me the franchise tag, but I'm not going to sign it. You're going to need to give me a contract. He didn't do that. He said, I'll just make sure I take my $11 million this year. You know, a very reasonable thing to do for a guy that, you know, don't get it twisted. Dalton Schultz has had two really solid seasons, but he's not a household name by any means. And he's not, I mean, arguably, he's not even like a top four weapon in that in that offense. I mean, right. he's he's got 12 touchdowns over the past few seasons and 1,400 yards, but I mean... He's a, you know, he is still kind of in that offense, like a, a more traditional tight end rather than an out and out, like heavy target pass catcher. Um, so there's some people that are like, eh, that was not necessarily a great move from the players into the spectrum. I think he's going to be just fine. I, I think he, he will, re, you know, report when it's time for mandatory practice. Um, I think, uh, I think, you know, the Cowboys may pay him this offseason, but I could see them being like, you know what, dude? You know, look, you you know we're we're giving you this big contract this year. You're getting a ton of money. You can go out there and play this season on this. And if you earn it, then we can pay you, or somebody else can pay you. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be in a huge rush. They have twenty three million dollars in cap space, so they could afford it. Um, you know, that's with Schultz's number already accounted for. Right. I mean, it's not like it would be any issue. But um, they just. I don't know. They they've been very very hesitant to pay people all all you know the past like four or five years really. So I think I think Schultz is definitely going to play. It's not like going to go into full on like, you know, oh he's like you know just straight up not coming. But um, I I think whether the Cowboys pay him or not is really the question. And I don't really feel like they they have a ton of pressure to do so. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of the situation there. I mean it's you know it's happening elsewhere in the NFL as well. Um, who did I see that was sitting out? Uh, Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, yep. Lamar is uh, waiting on his big contract, which, hey, that's like one where Lamar has so much leverage that he's in a completely different scenario. Oh, well, Lamar, I, I, well that's that's what I was going to bring up. Is it's very two kind of different tale of two cities here between Lamar and Dalton Schultz. It, I think Lamar sees his AFC brethren and Mahomes and Allen getting massive deals, and he's like, Oh yeah, like I want me some of that. I will say though, uh, I, I he might get it, he might not. I do not think Lamar Jackson is worth anywhere north or even maybe around the way that Josh and Pat are worth. I, I multiple. Uh, I'm talking like probably two hundred million dollar deal to you know higher end of the two hundred million dollar deal, but yeah, nowhere he, nowhere near the Allen or Mahomes number. I don't think he should get those numbers, but I think he should get kind of. Not far. I mean, the thing with Lamar is that don't get it twisted. Yeah, he's got the injury issues, and yeah, his 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 you know postseason success hasn't materialized yet. But he is one of the most unique players in the NFL. He is an off you know a guy that they built their entire offense around. Really, you know the to, the way they've set up their offense, you know to to cater to his his uh, his quickness and his rushing ability. I mean, he knows. Like guys, like y'all, y'all would need a rebuild if if you didn't want to go with me. Yeah, like he knows the deal. So I mean, uh, I don't blame him at all for playing hard. Yeah, and, and and the Ravens cannot afford to be going through a a, a rebuild right now because I mean, that's going to set them back years and years. And I I, I know the Ravens aren't going to be in this situation to be doing this, but the AFC North is so is so excuse me challenging. 
that there's no way any team can be trying to re. I, you saw that with the Steelers, right? They're probably the team in the closest mode to rebuild, but they know how the stakes are in this ASC North. They're not even going to call it a rebuild. They're going to, you know, it's a, it's a, we're not rebuilding. We're just refocusing our future to Kenny Pickett and, and putting all of our chips into his basket. So, yeah, I, I think, I think the Ravens are going to be fine here, too. I'm just going to be very curious as to what that final number is for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I uh, I think I think he's going to get a bag. Obviously, I mean he's that's a that's a given. But yeah, where where that number goes uh, is going to be interesting. In the same vein with Schultz. I mean, we just watched Nate, David Njoku uh, uh, get get his uh, his big contract from the Browns. That was a four year, fifty five million dollar contract. And this is Njoku hasn't had a season really close. I mean. Uh, so his 2018 season was was about as good as any season Dalton Schultz has had, um, but but really other than that, Schultz has actually got kind of two seasons uh, together, whereas you know uh, Njoku kind of has just the one, and it was three or four years ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Schultz is like, hey, I need at least what what uh, the Browns gave him. So um, that could be a little bit of a signifier for what kind of deal uh, Schultz gets and. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's that time of year, man. Where you know we 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 talked about the June first date. You know, it's June is almost kind of a, a reset on like the off season where it's like things slow down after the draft, and then you know there's kind of a, a waiting period, and then now we're we're in contract negotiations. I still think we're gonna see there's still a lot of free agents available, like big name free agents available. There's still a lot of potential trade stuff that could go on. Yep. Um, it's uh, it's an exciting time. It really is. It is. We will keep you updated as things go on there. Uh, we have one more thing to do and talk about uh, before we wrap this show up. Uh, other football, the more globally known sport that people call football. Uh, we had some so- big soccer game, big World Cup qualifiers yesterday that kind of helped set in stone the upcoming World Cup field. Uh, the, the story that would have been great, obviously, is to get Ukraine into the World Cup, but that did not happen because Wales, for the first time in almost 50-something years, are going to the World Cup. So while the storyline might not be the you know the greatest with that, you know, the, the feel-good of getting Ukraine to a World Cup, still, like, in terms of just parody of getting a new team, someone who hasn't been on that stage in, it's cool to see Wales in there, right? Oh yeah, I mean they are they are a team with some recognizable players. You know, I mean Gareth Bale uh, is still on uh, on you know that Wales team. Uh, you've got um, Aaron Ramsey, uh, former Arsenal and uh, Juventus player, that's still very very legit. Uh, but it, but it is yeah. I mean the true Cinderella story, right? Was was uh, Ukraine going to the World Cup and they've been that Ukrainian national team. That has been the semblance of normalcy for that country, you know, that the, the national team has been able to play games and, and, uh, and you know, at least represent them in World Cup qualifying. And, you know, I mean, it just is it's agonizing to get to basically a play in game and to uh, to lose. Um, Gareth Bale did score the, uh, you know, the 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 difference maker in that game and it was you know after the after the final whistle i mean really you just saw nothing but wales and refs player you know wales players and refs just like going up to the ukraine players just hugging them and just being like look like you are you know we we've got immense respect for you and and all that stuff and so it's a it's a heartbreaking finish 
Um, but it is what it is, and that's that's soccer. I mean, that's sports, and that's soccer, and and it, it's it's uh, it's especially tough too because I mean, Ukraine probably had a few chances that if they had put away, I mean, they probably scored could have scored you know three goals, um, but wasn't the B, and you know, hopefully, I mean. You, you know, you know, you don't know what's coming next in the context of the war and everything else. But hopefully, in twenty twenty six, they can, you know, get another chance at it and you know come over to North America when uh, the World Cup is over here. So um, the U S. also played last night. They played Uruguay. Um, your and uh, they tied Uruguay in a zero zero draw. Um, Was that just you a know, friendly? Yeah, friendly. Just gotcha. friendly. Um, just a tune up. Uh, and then they have a uh, they they have another warm up game uh, later this week. Uh, it wasn't the best performance ever, but Uruguay's not a bad team, so it's okay to draw with them. Uh, that's you know that's somewhat encouraging. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, kind of a kind of a slower week. You know, we're getting a lot of transfer news, but but really nothing uh, super you know globally important. Um, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo said he's staying at Manchester United. So, you know, that's uh that's you know kind what? Of an interesting respect thing. Ronaldo. In an age where people are hitting the transfer portal, chasing the bag, he says, "You know what? I'm just happy where I am because I'm getting paid a bag already." So, let's just stay here, keep the family here. Uh, let me let me commit to the to Manchester United. So, that's cool. Yeah, it's nice. Uh and then the only other thing I think is even worth mentioning is that uh you know, Leo Messi, right? Have you heard of this guy? Have you seen this guy? I'm doing Le- a Jay Leno impression. Yeah. Who? Um, Mess- Me- Messi? Uh, the like the like Messi? A- yeah. Who? Um, uh, he's 34 years old. You know, we're 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 hitting the twilight stage. You know, he probably this could very well be his last World Cup. My man scored five goals in a friendly yesterday. Uh, so I guess he's doing okay. Did the other team just let him score? Like, do, do you well, think there's ever a point where like people are just like, you know what? Let's just let Messi like let's let well, him ride Dom, out in the sunset. The other team was Estonia. Uh, so a what? A who? Estonia. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Estonia, the European Eastern European country that uh, you know is not exactly uh, known for their soccer prowess. So you know it's not like he did it against the best possible competition. But at the end of the day, oh yeah, I mean yeah, that's he's a- messy. Yeah, no, okay, I had to look up Estonia because I'm like, I have heard this before. So for those who are like me who don't know, uh, Estonia is uh, just north of Latvia and just south uh, of the Baltic Sea uh, in between them and Finland. So kind of up yep. in that, that colder uh, European part of the, yeah, eastern European part of the country. So look at that, you learn something new every day. But hey, you know what, though? Messi should be scoring five goals against these guys probably. So, you know, and, and, and honestly... That's got to be cool for even the Estonian fans out there to watch that happen. Like, that's history in the making. Yeah, you're it, watching uh, one of the greatest ever. It put Messi to the uh, he's the fourth highest goal scorer in all of international football history. Um, he won't break the record, but he could probably still get the second. Um, I believe, shocker, uh, Pele has a very, very, uh, you know, massive lead on that. So, um, but... Uh, yeah, uh, so it's, um, you know, fun times. Soccer's uh, in its kind of down period. Summer's not exactly when soccer's, uh, uh, you know, moving at its uh, at its most, you know, exciting pace. But go watch some MOS, you know. Yeah. The MOS is going on, you guys. You know, go, 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 go find something to get into this summer. Um, and, yeah, hockey's going on as well. Me and Dom could not care less. No disrespect. 
Um, it's happening. Just, it's there. We, we we might talk a little Stanley Cup. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I guess what? We're still in the, the conference finals, right? Oh, somebody, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, somebody did buy Wayne Gretzky's. I did see this, uh, his final season in his oiler, uh, the, like the jersey he wore from his final season with the Oilers, uh, for $1.4 million. So, like, you know, way to stay relevant hockey. Nice job, you know, big, big money. Yeah, uh, apparently the Rangers are surprisingly leading the Lightning. I mean, the Lightning are, you know, back-to-back champs. Uh, Rangers are up 2-1. So New York continues just to be... The main character right now in sports, it's uh, it's it kind is of, peaking. Uh, and I'll and I'll tell you what, as like a default Sabres fan, I I also just default hate the Rangers too. So I could not could not be any happier about that. But I also really could care less. So you know, good for the Rangers, I guess. Just screw it at this point. Madness is all over the table. Uh, Ev, any final thoughts before we kind of put a little little bow and ribbon on this episode? Um. No, nah, not really. Uh, we forgot to mention. I mean, it's not really news. We have a lot to say about. But uh, 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 what's his name? The the head coach for the Jazz uh, resigned. Uh, Quinn Snyder. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. So there was that. You know, Jazz will be you know looking to uh, kind of reset with a new uh, new coach, which is maybe what that team needs because they've uh, they've got a good squad. But other than that, uh, that's it. Dom, is there anything else uh, we forgot? Nope, I think we're good. I think we can uh, tell people where to go to go find us and uh, keep in touch with us until we record later this week, Ev. Sounds good. Uh, they can go to at Down and Out Podcast on Twitter. Um, you'll be able to see new episodes when they drop. You'll be able to see anything else uh, we post. Uh, uh, and, you know, you can also, you know, tweet at us on there if you got something you want us to talk about or something to say. Uh, and then while you're doing that, you can also go on Spotify or Apple or any uh, podcast streaming app. Um, and, you know, hit that follow button first. And then also uh, give us a, uh, give us a you know, a five-star rating. Um, that's what we shoot for. And it, it really helps us uh, appeal to new prospective listeners. So uh, we sincerely appreciate it. Yep, and while you're doing that, too, go show some love to J.D. Masters and Buddha. Like I said, J.D.'s got some new stuff over on his Instagram, at J.D. Masters, uh, his YouTube as well, SoundCloud. Go check him out. Buddha's always dishing it out as well, so go show some love. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, anywhere you stream your music, anywhere you stream our podcast, you can go find our boys, J.D. Masters and Buddha. Folks, we'll be back later this week. We'll have Game 3 recap and more coming up on the next Down and Out, but until next Next time, Arrivederci. Later. Medicine that isn't really yours, but you take it with your friends. Cool, calm, collected, but I love to act hectic. Sitting in the corner in the dark like Riddick. With the notepad out, thinking about lyrics. I ignored your story because I didn't want to hear it. Bitch, did you ever really catch a switch? Where I went from rock to boot, a cop vibe like a fish. Assist like white chocolate, handing out a dish. If the devil shows up, then my soul, he just wish. I might accept the offer cause I wanna grind like cars and give the trophies to my mama make him sweat like a sauna cause act like I can't then I'ma spit like a llama take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga so check me out feel me up and watch me bounce cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse switch places change faces now Buddha runs a house trust hit by more than bitches so I'ma take her as a spouse or at least a concubine if in front of my god feel divine I'ma grab it like a shield and I'ma make it shine Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant, go through the ceiling Man in the mirror, doubled up, now you all the fuck We go again, but when we stop blazing Boom, boom
boom, pow, pow. What you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a powwow. Besides, find a man, paint your face, cause you a damn clown. Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now. The name is Buddha, bitch. Damn, JD. Uh, look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now.